Our scripture is from the prophet Isaiah, chapter 9. But there will be no gloom for those who were in anguish. In the former time, God humbled the land of Zebulun and the land of Naphtali. But in the latter time, God will make glorious the way of the sea, the land beyond the Jordan, Galilee of the nations. The people walking in darkness are seeing a brilliant light. Upon those who dwell in a land of deep shadows, light is shining. God, you have made the nations greater. You have brought them abundant joy. They celebrate in your presence as with joy at the harvest, as people exult when dividing plunder. For the yoke of their burden and the weight on their shoulders, the rod of their oppressors, you have shattered it as you did at the defeat of Midian. For every boot that tramped in battle, every cloak that was dragged through blood shall be burned as fuel for the fire. For a child is born to us, an heir is given to us, upon whose shoulders dominion will rest. And this one shall be called Wonderful Counselor, the Strength of God, Eternal Protector, Champion of Peace. This dominion and this peace will grow without end with David's throne and realm sustained with justice and fairness, now and forevermore. The zeal of God omnipotent will do this. For the word of God in scripture, for the word of God among us, and for the word of God within us, thanks be to God. Light is complicated. <clears throat> that is going to be my refrain in this light filled, for this light filled chapter of Isaiah. Uh, Megan read the inclusive version of this, this text, which I appreciate because it is a familiar text. And so just in hearing that, Megan's sort of complicated our hearing of this familiar passage. <clears throat> The people, what we usually hear is the people who have walked in darkness have seen a great light. I think, what did you say, Megan? The, the people who are walking in darkness are seeing a brilliant light, something like that. But of course, the familiar, the familiar phrase we hear is the people who have walked in darkness have seen a great light. <clears throat> uh, but it is not clear to me, as I've spent time with this text over the last week or so, it's not clear to me anymore that the light we hear about in this text is all sunshine and rainbows. Um, just as we can complicate darkness and think about the way darkness can be kind, uh, light can be harsh and glaring, can make you squint and turn away. Light can scorch and burn, whereas darkness can mean comfort and protection. So light is complicated. Or sure, first I should maybe say that light is disorienting. I am, as I am sure you are, used to hearing this text at the beginning of Advent. Um, and it's like, it's almost the beginning of Advent. Our, our visuals have already changed over just because 
that's when we had time, John and Lisa had time to do it. Um, but it hasn't helped my sense hearing this text now of like increasing some of my like anxiety and tension, like, oh, time's too fast, I'm not prepared, I'm not ready. Um, and as much as I love it, yeah, I don't quite feel ready for Advent to be here yet. When we hear it at the beginning of Advent, which is usually when we hear it, it's like part of this clear trajectory. <clears throat> but here it's kind of like hanging out by itself. Again, thanks to the narrative lectionary, they just like throw texts at us. Um, um, so, it, But it bears a little closer examination, like in its own right. <clears throat> so the good thing about the narrative lectionary is it gives some historical context. Like it gives us actually a little bit more than we would usually hear. So I'm, it wasn't just that we're hearing it a new ver in a new version from Megan this morning. We heard a little bit more at the beginning. Um, we don't usually get that geopolitical stuff around the names of nations like Zebulon and Naphtali and lands across the Jordan and the Galilee. Um, uh, on the other hand, having this information doesn't really uncomplicate things. It just, it's like, what, what, where is that? What does that mean? I don't know what that means. Um, the, the long and short of it is, though, this is written to people who are in a political strife. Like, it's, it's not just these people unmoored from any other, other thing. It's, hey, not behind there, please. Sitting or in the nursery, remember? People know that you're back there. Please come out. Unless you can, okay, well, I'm just speaking of complicated. Um, I'm going to try not to be distracted by that if you will also make that promise, but you can't touch the screen. You can't touch it. Got it? Got it? Okay. Uh, these, this text is written to a people who are in the midst of real struggle. This is not, uh, they're not just out there somewhere, like they're real people, just like we are real people feeling real things and in real strife and in a time of like a real complicated political situation. It is not written in a, in a vacuum. They're literally embattled and these are people who are looking for salvation. This text is written aspirationally. It's written to a people who are who, who need a vision of hope held out in front of them. So this is a hymn of hope. Even though it's written in the present tense, they're walking in darkness, they are seeing a great light, or they have seen the great light. It's a hope for that someday of literal, literal physical salvation from what they are currently experiencing. This light is about to shine, that light of salvation, and it's about to be embodied in a human person in a new leader. This is the hope that they have. And the way that that leader is described, Megan complicated it, but you can almost like, you can see, you can like hear it ringing out in your head, right? And in this case, I think the familiarity doesn't breed contempt. It breeds like fondness, like, oh, for unto us a child is born. I mean, you know, wonderful counselor, almighty God, the everlasting father, the prince of peace. It's like, it's, it might even be playing even now on my dad's record player, because this is about the time of year he gets it out. Uh, it, doesn't, it doesn't feel complicated. It feels like, oh, relief. And like, that's what the people are, like that sense of hope and relief, of joy and beauty. Like that is what this text is meant to invoke. And especially if you read even a little earlier in Isaiah, before what Megan wrote, read, 
Isaiah is describing the misery of his people. And then comes this poem, and it's like he's just breaking out in song. It's like on Broadway when the, like, the protagonist just like breaks out <coughs> into song to like you're hearing this next part of the story. But light is complicated because there is indeed the joy of the harvest. That's one of, one of the metaphors that Isaiah used. But somehow, how have I managed to do this? I've glossed over the fact that the joy is also that of soldiers reaping the spoils of war. You said it with so much joy, Megan. The yoke and the rod and the bar of the oppressor, they are broken, yes, but they are broken through military victory, complete and utter destruction of the enemy. The people are walking from darkness and into the light of a dawn of the battle won. Boots and tunics will be burned because the blood of the enemy has been so thoroughly spilled that they are soaked. This is no like Pete Seeger kumbaya, uh, we're gonna lay down our sword and shield. No, this is like the battle hymn of the Republic. And I do have some complicated feelings about that. The story of light gets complicated for me as I begin to understand that the child that is born unto us, for one, is not Jesus. It has never been about Jesus, uh, which I knew. But you know, like, as, but that 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 idea that like because we hear it at Christmas, because we hear it during Advent, that understanding still like that adds to our sort of like rose-colored glasses around this text. This is about a military leader, a, a wonderful counselor, so wise and knowledgeable in command, the eternal father, a ruler whose name will be remembered in history, and prince of peace. Peace because a battle has been won through conquest. Peace won because there's no battle left to be had. The people who have walked in darkness have seen a great light, but that light is complicated. Sometimes light can blind. Sometimes it reveals what needs to stay safe. Sometimes it burns and glares. Sometimes light is violent. And I see that in this text. But because light is complicated, the child born unto us will be the ruler who establishes justice and righteousness. Megan read justice and fairness. This is a pairing, justice and righteousness, in scripture that always speaks to God's vision of a just peace for all creation. A dream of the lowly being lifted up, of the establishment of right relationships between humans. That is the light of God's dream shining like a beacon. And I said, this isn't about Jesus. The prophet did not have a crystal ball into which he was gazing. He didn't have a magic mirror. But that is the kind of leader that Jesus was. Walter Brueggemann talks about Isaiah and the prophets and the unique power that they have. Hey, babe. Okay. You got a snack, lucky kid. Thank you to whoever gave him a snack. Walter Brueggemann says, 
the text is a powerful and generative, the, the text, he says, powerful and generative as it is, surges beyond its original setting to illuminate and re-describe new situations. We don't need to uncomplicate the power and the passion of the Bible to find liberation and value in it. Just as we have been asking throughout this fall, where is there liberation in this text? Where is there liberation for the ones who are hearing it? Light is complicated because life is complicated. I sometimes listen to a podcast called Fanti because um, it takes on parts of our culture which are problematic faves. So the things that we love, but also have some anti-feelings about. I, lo I love this podcast both because like I love the hosts and they, I mean, it's a, a pair of black queer folks who are, who are taking on stuff in black culture and in culture as a whole. And they talk about something that, that they love and is great in culture, but also that is really can be problematic. And we can think of tons of those things. Um, one sec. Uh, I knew that this would be complicated. So I thank you for having grace about that. We can keep rereading and rehearing the prophets in the context of Jesus. And we can keep hearing it in our own context. So we can still hear this text and think about Jesus as the wonderful counselor, as the prince of peace, and be grateful and thankful for that. Uh, we can keep rereading it in our context. So how does this, like, how does this root us? How are people being liberated and seeing light in our con context? Um, again, this is what Brueggemann says. The transformative zeal of God for a new peace and new prosperity marks, marked by justice and righteousness is undiminished. I'm really sorry for I'm going to read that quote from Brueggemann again. The transformative zeal of God for new peace and prosperity marked by justice and righteousness is undiminished and undeterred. For that reason, new contexts for joy evoked by God are unconditional and unqualified newness. They well up in places where darkness seems to be in perpetuity. It is not uh, for the... The darkness is not in perpetuity, for the darkness has not overcome the light. In other words, God's going to keep working on God's vision for a just peace for all creation. I love that this is language that has become a part of my vocabulary, that I can just say God's vision for a just peace for all creation, and we are witness to it. And it got me thinking about how would I reread or rehear or rewrite this complicated light into the story of 2021. The people who have walked in darkness have seen a great light. The people sleeping out in the cold dark of Seattle winter have found light and warmth in shelter. The ones fumbling in the dark of addiction have ha found the clear light of sobriety. Those who have been in the lonesome dark of isolation will find the warm light of connection and community. 
The people in the aching dark of mental or physical illness have found the gentle light of ease for their pain. And yes, those who have stumbled through the bloody dark of war and violence have found the secure light that allows them to walk safely the path before them. Every Sunday we say it. We both witness to and participate in, a vi in God's vision of a just peace for all of creation. And we light our lamp because even though light is complicated, it does illuminate our way forward. I'd like to end with a blessing from John O'Donohue's to bless the space between us. It's called For Light. Light cannot see inside things. That is what dark is for. Minding the interior, nurturing the draw of growth through places where death in its own way turns into life. In the glare of neon times, let our eyes not be worn by surfaces that shine with hunger made attractive. That our thoughts may be true light, finding their way into words which have the weight of shadow to hold the layers of truth. That we never place our trust in minds claimed by empty light, where one-sided certainties are driven by false desire. When we look into the heart, may our eyes have the kindness, kindness and reverence of candlelight. That the searching of our minds be equal to the oblique crevices and corners where mystery continues to dwell, glimmering in fugitive light. When we are confined inside the dark house of suffering, that moonlight might find a window. When we become false and lost, that the severe noonlight would cast our shadow clear. When we love, that dawn light would lighten our feet upon the waters. As we grow old, that twilight would illuminate treasure in the fields of memory. And when we come to search for God, let us first be robed in night, put on the mind of morning, to feel the rush of light spread slowly inside the color and stillness of a found world. May it be so. Amen. Seven fifteen, seven one five. Oh, it's okay. Longing for light, we wait in darkness. Longing for truth, we turn to you. Make us your own, your holy people, light for the world to see. Christ be our light, shine in our hearts, shine through the darkness.
Christ be our light, shine in your church gathered today. Longing for peace, our world is troubled. Longing for hope, many despair. Your word alone has power to save us. Make us your living voice. Christ be our light. Shine in our heart. Shine in the darkness. Christ be our light. Shine in your church gathered For water, many still thirst. Make us your bread, broken for others, shared until all are fed. Christ be our light, shine in our hearts, shine through the darkness. Christ be our light, shine in your church gathered today. Church gathered today.